Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Hey, it's great to be with everyone again. Uh, I'm looking forward to this message. I, I pray that uh, uh, your heart can be opened and God can speak to your heart. You know, the, the Lord is so good to us. He helps us. He teaches us. He, he trains us. He walks with us. And I believe that um, I thank God for his word because the truth is there. So we're going to look into it today and we're going to discover and answer this question, what is life? So let's, let's just ask God to bless this, this sermon today. Father, we just ask you, God, to bless this time. Open up our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we may be able to receive what it is you have for us, God. We thank you, Lord, for abundant life that you give us, God. And I pray now, Lord, uh, deposit that truth into our hearts. We pray in Jesus' mighty name, amen. So if we want to answer the question, what is life? Uh, this is a, a kind of a profound question. Sometimes people think it's a mystery. Uh, but if you were, um, and we have these different pictures in our minds, if you were driving down the Pacific Coast Highway and um, you, know, you had the top down on your convertible and it was a beautiful sunny day and you're just cruising along, you might say, this is life. Or, or, or maybe you just bought a big brand new mansion, Johnny Depp sold because he had to, now you own it. And uh, you have 200 pairs of shoes in the closet and you're looking at all these shoes and you might say, this is life. You know, uh, there's, there's all these different scenarios that we could try to come up with that would say, you know, this is life. But you and I both know that life is not uh, in things or in the consumption of things. You know, uh, King Solomon, he was the most rich king uh, recorded in history in the Bible. And the Bible says that Solomon said to himself, I'm going to deny myself no thing. I'm not going to deny myself anything. I'm, I'm going to just be extravagant to myself and give myself every kind of pleasure you could possibly have. And so he began to launch to do that, which is, which is amazing because it's the biblical picture of extravagance. You know, you, you, you think you want it? Solomon had it. And so he built himself a, a palace, a magnificent palace, and then he uh, built himself an unbelievable throne carved out of ivory, lion's heads on every stair leading up to the, to the throne. The Bible says that he had 700 wives. You know, you, you, you would think at 500, he'd say that's enough. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines, 300 girlfriends, so 1,000 women. But, but, but even if you just count his wives, I was thinking about this, even if you just count his wives, 700 wives, that means that if he had a wedding on every Saturday and he married one of these women, you know, they bring him down, the, who gives this woman? I do, and Solomon's there. He, he would be at the church every Saturday for 14 straight years getting married. I can just imagine him on his honeymoon, he's Friday night, he's like, honey, we got to get home from the honeymoon because I got a, I got a wedding tomorrow. I'm marrying number 451 tomorrow, you know. Uh, this is the picture of extravagance, and yet Solomon says it all amounted to nothing. All the vineyards and the gardens and the men servants and maid servants and all the different things that I built, it amounted to nothing. It, it became meaningless. And so it, we would all admit that life is not in things. And yet, when we try to figure out what life is, we can't help but process our thoughts through that grid. You know, the Bible tells us what life is, and we're going to look into the Scripture, and we're going to figure out what life is 
according to the Bible. It's not a mystery. God tells us over and over and over again what it is and, and how it works and so forth. But when we try to just process this question, what is life? What is my life? What is life all about? We can't help but process it through the thought that it's about things because all of this world is shouting to us, it's about things. You need a better car, a better house. You need a better job. You should take a better vacation. You should do better, get more, keep it, you know, and, 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 and upgrade it and so forth. And so we, we can't help but process what we think life is through the context of what do I own, what do I have, what do I possess, and this really uh, knocks us off what, what life is. Now, if we were to think about what's the purest form of life and the most powerful life ever living, lived, we would say it's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ had the most pure form of what life could be and the most powerful form of what life could be. Jesus, in essence, he, he lived his life as a walking, talking representative of God on the earth. He was a walking, talking representative of God to humankind. Out of him came the flow of God. In fact, it says this in uh, Colossians. It says this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity, all the fullness of the Trinity lives in bodily form. As Christ walked, as he healed, as he blessed, as he poured out his compassion, as, as, he, as he talked to people, all the fullness of God was coming through him. This is a very powerful and, and incredible um, thing to realize. This is what life is. If you could picture life as God would live it on the earth, we see Christ. But look at the next verse here. It says this. Uh, let me go back. But this next verse here says in, in verse 10, and you, meaning us, meaning us, and you have been given fullness in Christ. Christ was the fullness of God, and now you have been given that fullness in Christ, who's the head of, over every uh, power and authority. So now I am the living, walking, talking representative of God in the earth. I am the walking, talking representative of Christ. Christ, who lives the fullest life, now lives through me. Paul even said, uh, I die, yet Christ lives through me. I have died to my old self, and yet Christ now lives through me. I live in Christ. To live is Christ, he said. And so the strength of God comes through me. The compassion of God comes through me. The love, the truth comes through me. I'm a walking, talking representative of God in the earth. And so I feel like life for me now becomes Christ through me. I am a, I am a strength giver. I'm a strength giver. I'm a compassion giver. I'm a truth giver. You know, people don't want you to tell the truth. I, I can't help it. I'm a truth giver. The Bible is an awesome book. Every, every, every scripture, every truth, every, every um, word from God is powerful. It's amazing. That's the truth. I can't help. That's what I believe. People don't want you to talk about the Bible. It's an old, it's an ancient book. It's archaic. It's not politically correct. No, the Bible is amazing. I can't help you. I have to tell you the truth. Jesus is amazing. 
I love church. I love worship. I'm a truth teller. I have to tell you, it's amazing. And so I now become a living, walking, talking representative of God. Jesus says this to, the, um, to his disciples, heal the sick. In other words, let me come through you. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, take authority over demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received from me. Freely I am in you, freely give me. Freely give out, freely demonstrate. Become a walking demonstration of, 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 of the ways of God now in the earth. It's a very powerful concept. So as, as, as Christ comes in, I dispense Christ out. As strength comes in, I give strength out. Now, I'm, I'm answering the question, what is life? What is life? What is it? As compassion comes in, I give compassion out. I give truth out. This is a flow of life. This is how life works. It's a flow. It is not a stagnant thing. It's a flow. Jesus says this in, in Luke. He said, give and it will be given to you. Now, he's not talking just about money here. In fact, the context of this verse is, is about forgiveness and mercy. Don't judge. Give mercy. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together. What, what, what God is saying here is if you give, I will give it back to you. As you pour out, I will pour in. The measure you pour out will always be poured in and even more so. This is really talking about a bushel of, of wheat or barley or whatever it is. A good measure. It's pressed down, shaken together. You shake the bushel. You know, it's like the cornflakes when you get them and there's only a half a box. It's because it was shaken in delivery and now it's down to a half a box. Well, the Lord says, no, no, I'll shake it before I even give it to you. And running over the top. It's not just going to be scooped off the top. and not, No, it's going to be pressed down, shaken together, pressed. Running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. God is saying this, you are going to pour out as Christ in his, his life comes through you, I'm going to pour back in. As you heal the sick, as you lay hands on those, uh, a, 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 as you give out, I'm going to give back in. So a, a life flow happens as you give to others. You know, I, I think about um, my mom and dad and uh, taking care of them, especially as they get older in life and, and more feeble and not able to do this and not able to understand how to work the phone, not able to understand how to, you know, set the alarm or whatever it is they're, they're trying to do. And, 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 and now I have to help them. So I have to stop my life. I have to get off of my life and I have to go over there. And I ha But no, no, wait a second. This is life. This is life that I would give myself, my strength, my knowledge uh, to those that are older than me or over me. And I think the same way about my, my grandchildren now. Now, my life now is given to them. What is life? My life is, my, my strength is given to them. My knowledge, my wisdom, my, my, my way of life, I demonstrate to them because I'm giving to them. This is how, this is how you become a man of God. This is how you become a woman of God. This is how you serve the Lord. And as I demonstrate life, I'm giving to them. I give to those that are around me. I give to my, to my spouse. I give to my friends. I give to my community it, 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 in my church. 
I, I give out. I'm, I'm a giver of everything that I am. But as I do, I don't empty myself out because God fills me back up again. God says, if you give your time, I'll give you more time. If you give your strength, I'll give you more strength. If you give forgiveness, I'll give you more forgiveness. You give grace, I'll give you grace. And so God is saying, you give out. Yeah, I was thinking about this when you, when, when you become a parent. Um, it's not so much anymore about you. It's about the children. You know, when you go on vacation, you don't have a vacation. They do. You work. You know, when you're lugging all the chairs and, 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 and the cooler and everything through the sand down to the beach and so forth, the kids are running ahead of you with their pail and their shovel. They're running ahead of you because they're having a great time, but you're working. But you know what? As you're doing that, as you're, as you're toiling, as you're bringing the lawn chairs down there and the sand and the sandwiches and the whatever it is you, you're going to have, you say to yourself, this is life. This is life. And it's awesome. It's good. But now I give my foremost, my firstmost, I give to the Lord. I give to God. I give to God in worship. I give to God with my life. I say, Lord, whatever it is I have, my house, my car, my, my strength, my energy, my resources, God, first and foremost, it's not about me. I want to be able to give. I want to be a giver. I want to be someone you can use significantly, God. Pour through me significantly. There's this awesome story in Mark, uh, and, and it really is a picture of the disciple, you know, you and I, but it's also a picture of the church, and, and you can look at it in these two parallel dimensions. And it's in Mark, it's in the 14th chapter. This is an awesome story. It says, while Jesus was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman, now this, this woman we find out from other scriptures, is, was an unworthy, or she considered an unworthy woman, just like us. This, this is a picture of us. She was an unworthy woman, came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. So here she is, unworthy, but yet with a priceless gift. Your life is a priceless gift. She comes with this very expensive uh, jar of perfume made of pure nard, and she broke the jar and poured the perf perfume on his head. And some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? Now, I want you to understand something. This is us in, in reality. We have this, we're unworthy, but we have this very precious gift that we could pour out on the Lord, but we also have a competing voice in our head that says, why this waste to pour out on him? Why do this? I have two sides. I have a precious gift to give, but I have this voice. Is, is now the time? Keep it bottled up. Gather more. Keep more. Get more. Life is getting. I need to get another bottle. I need to get a bigger bottle. I need to get a more extravagant bottle. I, I, need, to, I need to keep this, this precious thing called life for myself. And yet God is saying, no, no, this was powerful. This unworthy woman poured it over his head. And the fragrance filled the room. See, we, we, we don't understand where life comes from. And so we keep it bottled up. And God is trying to tell us, no, the, the, the fragrance that is awesome and pleasing and will bless everyone is when you open up your life and you let it pour out, when you, when you, when you break that bottle and give it out to the Lord. You know, it's the same thing with the church. As, as we as a church, as, as we open up 
And as we give out, as we're a generous uh, giver of life to all of those that are around us, every, every part of the city, every part of our state, every part of our community, even out into the global community, we give of ourselves. The church needs to be this alabaster bottle that is broken for the, for the work of the Lord. And this fragrance will go out. Even though there are these competing voices that say, no, shut it down, keep it in, bottle it in, hold it, hold it in for yourself. There are always these voices that come against us. You know, but life is a flow that begins to really happen when, when, when you begin to give. And that's why, you know, when we talk about the tithe, when we talk about giving the tithe, it's so important. It's such a, it's such a key to blessing because God wants to show us that we need to learn that He's the supplier of everything we need. But you have to learn this. And so it's, it's, God uses the principle of the tithe to say, no, you give me the first 10% and see if I can pour back in. You give me that first 10% and see if I'm able to pour this back in. See if I'm the supplier. See if I'm the source. You know, a, 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 as you give, more will be given. As you give out, I will give in. I remember, uh, this is kind of a classic story, but I remember... Uh, many years ago, when I was trying to teach my young children about the fact that God is a supplier of everything, I had this giant uh, family bag of potato chips, and I opened it up, brand new, and I called the kids. I, I said, come, in, come, into the, uh, come into the living room here. I want to show you something. So we were in the living room, and I opened up this big bag of chips, and I said to my son Jordan, and Chrissy was there, I took a handful of chips, and I put the chips in Jordan's hands. I said, there you go. I said, now... I want you to give your sister as many chips as you want. Give her, give her as many as you want. And so he looks at the, the handful of chips that he has, and he picks out a, a, a medium-sized chip, and he gives it to her. And I said, okay, okay. I said, now, is that how many you wanted to give to her? And he's, he knows he's in a puzzle, and he can't figure out where I'm going with this. Very young. But I said, now, don't forget... I said, I have the family bag of chips here. Dad has the family bag of chips. Give her as many chips as you want. And he gets it. The light goes off in his head. He gives her the entire handful of chips. And I said, that's it. You got it. And I reach into the bag, and I refill his hand with another handful of chips. And, and the... the, the the truth is that God has a big bag of chips, and it's what we want or what we would want to do that we are able to do if we trust God that God is able to resupply. And so people struggle with the tithe because they're not too sure if I, if I give the devoted, if I give, the Bible says the tithe is holy, if I give this holy gift, is God able to give back in what I've given away? And the, and the truth that God wants us to understand, it is in every aspect of life, God is able to resupply. He's able to re-give. Whatever it is you're able to give out. So you, as you give out your strength, God gives you more strength. As you give out your time, God gives you more time. As you give of your resources, God gives you more resources. You become the pipe through which God lives his life. You're not the... You're not the uh, you know, you're not the engineer or the architect of life. He is. You're, you're not the one who knows how to run this thing. He does. So as God pours through you, you can, uh, you can let that thing just pour out of you. So 
we're getting ready to uh, pay off the mortgage in the church. And Pastor Jordan has asked the church to begin to put this into prayer because we want to rise up and pay the mortgage off. Um, we've always had a mortgage for the last 25 years. We've had this mortgage that we've been under the anchor. And, you know, I thank God that we were able to do all the things we were able to do. But we had a $3 million plus, $3.2 million uh, loan that we've been paying off for these 25 years. And, you know, when you pay off the loan, so much of it goes to the bank. So much in interest goes to the bank. But anyway, we've been doing it for 25 years. But every time we had an ability to, to throw a little bit on it and throw a little bit more on it and throw a little bit more on it, we did. We're down to $400,000. We're, we're able to get out from underneath this thing right now. And so Pastor Jordan is feeling led from the Lord to say, church, let's rise up. Let's get out from underneath this thing. From now on, what we're going to do with the bank is have a checking account. We're not going to have a keep paying you every month thing. We're going to get out from underneath that. And so um, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's an awesome thing. I think it opens up the avenue for us to do so many different things that we want to do, not just to, to, to get out from underneath the, the mortgage, but to release us to uh, expand the children's areas and, and upgrade all that and the, the, the bathrooms we talked about, the outdoor area and so forth. We're able to do that as well. And uh, I, I think it's an awesome time for us to be able to understand, wait a second, what is life? Am I going to be a part of this? Am I going to step up? You know, uh, right now everybody's trying to figure out who's essential, who's non-essential. Let me tell you, I'm essential. I'm essential. I am a strength giver. I, I am a resource giver. You know, I am, I am essential. I am significant. I'm a significant giver. You know, I'm not little. And I, I pray the church does not see itself as something little. You know, we have $400,000 that we need to pay off to get out from underneath this mortgage, and we will burn the mortgage at some point right on the front lawn here. I don't know if it's um, special service in May or June that will do it, but we will do it. But um, he, you might say, oh, good, we need, we need four families to give $100,000 each. That's not how it works. How it works is that we all rise up in significance, some more than others, I remember when we first uh, took uh, 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 an offering for the, to build the church, Nancy and I refinanced our house and took an extra $25,000 and gave that $25,000 to the offering to, to build the church. And, uh, you know, we refined, brought it back into our mortgage, which we had paid down, we added back in. And then five years later, we got ready to build the, uh, the leadership center and uh, we took another offering, and that time we refinanced the house again, and that time we took an extra 50000 and gave 50000 to the leadership center. You know, and somebody might say, man, you were almost ready to pay your mortgage down, and, and yet you, you, you didn't. You, you, you took and added it back up again. And I, I would say to them, yeah, but that wasn't life for me. Life for me was not paying my mortgage off. Life for me is to see the generation after generation of young people go through that leadership center and become mighty in God in the next coming years. That, that, that to me was life. I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to be a significant part of that. There's so many incredible miracle stories, not just mine, but so many people you talk to that gave to those different things. Because I can tell you this, um, it was so amazing that uh, right when we went to refinance, that very day where we locked in, the mortgage rates dropped so low that the bank came back to us weeks later and said, listen, we're going to honor that, that number, but we, you need to give us a month or, or, or six weeks or so to be able to get this loan purchased somewhere because it's so low 
that uh, we, we kind of were caught unawares, and, and our accountant said the same thing. Steve, there's no possible way you have this as, as an interest race. And I said, I know, it, it happened just in a couple of days, and then it went back up, but we, we got in. Do you know that our, our mortgage payment never changed? We had determined to give the $50,000 and to refinance, and yet it, the, our mortgage payment never changed because the mortgage, mortgage interest rate went down so low just for that short period of time. He was amazed. But he's always amazed because he doesn't understand this is how the things of God work. As you give, God says, I'll come in and, and, and walk with you in this. And so David understood this whole principle of the fact that what we get and what we give, we got already from God. It is a life flow. It's a flow of life. It's a flow of giving. It's a flow of strength. As I give out my strength, strength comes in. It's not bottled up where I begin to hoard. The Bible says that if you have an evil eye, what it really means is a stingy eye. Your whole body is evil. Your whole body is, is, is lacking because you have, a, you have a stingy eye. And I, I pray that that's not us. I pray that we can be like David and have a generous heart. Look at this verse in 1 Chronicles. It says this in the 29th chapter. David said to the Lord after they took this offering to build the temple, uh, because before this, you know, the, the, the Lord's tabernacle was in a tent, and, God, and David said, this isn't right. We should take an offering. Solomon built the temple, but David took the offering. But he says this after the offering, who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. He's talking about this cycle now. Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. David understands this is the cycle of life. This is the flow in how it works. Generosity comes first from God. So God has already given me the, 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 the precious gift. It's now up to me to decide whether or not I'm going to pour it out over the Lord or if I'm just going to hang on to it and keep it bottled up. David says, you were already given this from the Lord. So it's, a, it's an awesome concept. And, and he's saying that, listen, everything that, that we even have to give, Lord, first came from you. I really want to encourage the church to put this into prayer and, and to say, you know what, we're going to be a significant uh, part of, of this offering. We're not going to lay down. We're going to stand up. We're not going to sit back. We're going to, we're going to move forward. This church is going to move forward. Uh, you know, we've always had the, the kind of the subtitle of being unstoppable. You know, whatever it is we are, and we're unstoppable. I pray that we understand this is a time now no matter what everybody else is saying about the church, that the church is up, it's running, it's awesome, it's a powerful community that I want to be a part of, and we're unstoppable. And so I remember on December 23rd, the night before, the night before Christmas, the night before Christmas Eve, December 23rd, when we were building the church and we were wrapping it in plastic because uh, there was a giant storm that was coming and the whole thing, everything that we had done, was about to get flooded. And so we had to cover the, the entire exterior of the church with big, thick plastic. And so as we would roll out the plastic, and I forget how, how tall it was. It might have been it might have been 15 feet or 20 feet tall in a giant roll. We would roll this plastic out, and they, then we would screw uh, wood to it to, to, to the studs to make sure that the plastic wouldn't blow back off. And, and as we would unroll this thing, and we were up on these big boom lifts at the very top of the church rolling this plastic out and screwing wood to it, all of a sudden a giant gust of wind would come and bang and 
pop the plastic and the, and the pieces of wood would shoot off and we would think we need to put more screws. We only put a screw every so often. We need to put more screws. And so and we ended up doing it. We were freezing. It was 20 degrees out. It was, it was 2 a.m. in the morning before we actually finished uh, covering the, the church building with all the men that were there covered the church building with this plastic and screw it and our hands were frozen and we were numb and it was 2 a.m. in the morning before we could go home and I remember looking around with these guys and saying this is life this is life powerful significant mighty God gives you the opportunity to do these things that are so memorable and you can say from then on this is life you know um uh, at midnight, before we dedicated the building, um, we were still laying carpet. We were getting ready to dedicate the building the very next morning. Saturday night, after midnight, we were still laying carpet, getting ready to cut the ribbon. We had strung the ribbon across the front of the church, and yet we didn't really have things that were tidied up and neatened up so that the church was filled with people at midnight. But guess what? Our families were involved with us. Our, our kids understood what was going on. Our, 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 our families were, were, were uh, po pooling their strength together to get this thing done. And the next morning when, when it time came for us to come and cut the ribbon and walk into the church, we did it with our families. We did it all together. I remember um, raising up, the, the men gave me this Braveheart sword. And I remember raising up this Braveheart sword and, and, and just you know, kind of insignificance of saying this was a mighty victory for us as a, as a congregation of 500 people. This was a mighty victory for us. And I raised up that sword, but I, I pictured my children were there and they were looking up that sword and I could just imagine in their hearts they were saying, this is life. This is life. To be a part of something that's so powerful, so significant. We did it in front of our, our families. I remember when we pulled an all-nighter to uh, go to the Dunkin' Donut Center for Easter, Easter at the Dunk, where we knew and we were praying that 9,000 people would come that next day and fill out the Dunk. We had prepared for 9,000 people. And uh, sure enough, it was so powerful, but, but we pulled an all-nighter to, to pull this thing off the night before and had worked literally two months, three months beforehand to have this whole, whole thing come together. But I remember driving down the street with my wife, Nancy. We're driving down the street and um, we, we saw people streaming down the sidewalks uh, with their families and streaming up the stairs of the Dunkin' Donut Center. And we said to ourselves, this is life. It was such a powerful scene to see people coming from every direction to that building. And I remember, uh, I think about this every Sunday morning when we, when we see people get baptized and they thank God and they're, they're lowered into the tank of baptism in front of the whole congregation. I pray the whole congregation says to themselves, this is life. This is what we do. This is who we are. And I pray that the moms and dads, I'm thinking about this picture, when you're loading the lawn chairs into the trunk of the car on a Sunday morning, and your little girl says to you, Daddy, why are we having church outside? And you say to her, it's because we're going to honor God and we're unstoppable. We're going to the house of the Lord even if it has to be out in the field and you load those lawn chairs in the car. But as you're walking across the field and you have those lawn chairs and you see all these other families gathering together with their lawn chairs, I hope you turn and tell your, your little girl, honey, this is life. 
This is who we are. This is what we do. It's a beautiful picture of saying we're not going to stop. We know who we are in God. And uh, it's, it's time to rise up. I, I believe that uh, we're going to get ready to take this offering. I think it's going to be a significant day. I'm praying that it's not, you're not going to be a little part of it, but you're going to be a significant part of it. And I pray that when we do burn the mortgage on the, the lawn of the church, that you can stand there with your family and tell them, this is life. This is life. It's been 25 years where we're getting out from underneath the, the shadow of the bank, but we're going to do it. And I believe that it's going to set us free. Now is the time. Now is the time to do that. I want to end with this. You know, if you had asked my grandfather, if you had asked my grandfather what, what is life, I think he would, he would tell you about the five years that he spent in Africa, in the back country, sacrificing and laying his life down for people he'd never met, never met before. He was attacked by a leopard and almost killed. He almost died. He was in the hospital over a month uh, after that leopard attack in Bulawayo. But many years after that, a little boy would sit on his lap and say, Grandpa, tell me about life. And he would talk about Africa. He would pull his shirt down and show me the scars that he had from that leopard. Literally tore his bicep off. And I would stare at that in amazement as he would talk to me about what it means to serve God. So now I'm a grandfather, and I have some big shoes to fill. I think about my grandfather, I got some big shoes to fill. But I pray that I can walk in a way as to let my grandsons and daughters know that this is life. This is life. It's to, it's to live a significant, powerful, giving life. You know, living is giving. Life is not about me getting. Life is about me giving. I want to give to those that are older than me. I want to give to those that are younger than me. I want to give to those that are near me. I want to give to my community. But I first and foremost, I want to give to the Lord. And I don't want to be a little giver. I want to be a significant giver. I'm not non-essential. I'm essential. I am, I am everything God wants me to be. And I'm not afraid of letting this thing be a fragrance that cascades out and so many other people are going to benefit by it. Generations of young people, generations of people that are going to get baptized are going to, are going to live in the fragrance that I poured out with my life. I, I'm going to pray for this offering. I pray that you're blessed. I pray that you understand that God is the supplier and that you can give as many chips as you want to give knowing that God has the family bag. He's ready to resupply. And I pray that you don't have that voice that's coming down on you saying that, you know, why this waste? And, and, and hold on and hold out. I'm going to pray that God puts into you what life is. This is life. This is life. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.